Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we have a topic that turns out is, or a genre, I suppose, whatever, is way bigger than I originally thought. So it's fairy tale retellings. I mean, I had like three of these already on my bookshelf, just like chilling. So I guess I'm not that surprised, but it really ended up being pretty massive. Yeah. I remember when you said, like, I have three of them. I was like, okay, do you have the three? Like, am I going right. to have to like pick one of them with that? And then I started looking into it. And yeah, there are so many. There's like That's from fun. like a different characters. There's like different, like, okay, but what if this happened instead of that? Or like, there was one that I almost did that is the Queen of Hearts but back when she's like a princess or just a normal person and then she becomes a princess even before she's the queen of hearts Ooh, like so backstory like, yeah so it's like her whole story because before she becomes this like evil one right where like alice because that's all alice knows her so yeah there's a lot of them which i was surprised so we'll have to do this again because there's a lot of my tbr that i didn't get a chance to read yeah and now i still have two on my shelf so yeah you know. Getting- I'm sure I'll collect more. I literally bought like five books this weekend. And like <laughs> Krista and I picked, we were talking about some of our next topics. I literally pulled like three more books out of my bag that I just bought that had water on the cover. So- <laughs> we have lots of theme ideas to we go off of. So many choices in life. I did end up getting, I think, five from the library that fit this theme that all showed up. at Because my library is doing like curbside pickup. So by the time I had my pickup, they were all ready for me. So I had to pick one. So I ended up picking Lost Boy by Christina Henry, and this is the true story of Captain Hook. Oh, I was going to say, is it Peter Pan? Yeah. So yeah, it's Peter Pan, but oh my it's gosh, yes. the true story. So things you need to know about this. The number one thing you need to know is Peter lies, basically. Like moral of the story. Attracts, Peter honestly. Lies. I'm not shocked. So the book is told from Jamie's perspective, and Jamie who is who ultimately becomes Captain Hook. But Jamie was Peter's first companion on the island. He's the favorite. So Peter came over to the other places where they call like our world, basically, where Peter picks his friends. And Mm -hmm. he picks Jamie and was like, oh, hey, like, come over. Like, we'll be friends forever. There aren't there aren't any rules. And we can just play. We'll stay young forever. It's going to be amazing. So Jamie goes. And for the first, like, honestly, I think we don't. So we don't know how long Jamie has been on the island. It's been like 100 to 150 seasons. He doesn't think that anybody he knew when he was in the other place would be alive. Like everything has changed. So I feel like he has had to have been here for like 100, 150 years, maybe more. Question. He's not aging at this point. No, he's not aging. So he's still like an 11 year old boy or 12 year old. Okay. Because just like in the Peter Pan movie, obviously Captain Hook is older. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder if that comes into play. I'm sure you'll touch on it. I just wanted to check. He's not aging though at this point, obviously, if he's lived that long. Yeah. So he is still like an 11, 12 year old boy. I can't remember which one. I think that I think usually they're 12 ish. Like they're 11 to 12. Let's just say that. They're Um, in that range, like 9 to 12, I feel like is the the range. And so it was probably like a hundred seasons or something like that before they ever brought over the next boy oh my god and so the perfect number for peter is including himself is 15 boys so he always wants to so like if one of them dies he goes over and he gets a new one so the next two age why would they die it's fine oh i'll tell you why here in a little bit um so the other ones there's like the set of twins who are like the people who have been there like the next longest and it's fog and nod okay and then i think kip and then basically everyone else are all brand new. And so they pretty much spend their days like playing in the mermaid lagoon, doing like, 
they go and they raid the pirates and they fight pirates and Jamie always has to fight. So Peter fights the captain, which isn't very hard because they're like older men. So even like that's the other thing is that the pirates are older, like they age up to like probably 20s maybe, but then they kind of just don't age. Like they also stay youngish mm, and okay. they're, they want to figure out like, where is like, what is causing these boys to stay boys forever? So like, they don't know what it is. So they're kind of trying to figure it out too. But Jamie always has to fight the first mate and like, they're like the younger ones. And so it's like super hard, but he's never lost. And he always takes the person's sword and cuts off their right hand. Like, oh that's like his signature move. Like that's what he does. And so the, some of the boys oh. die in raids. Then there's also a thing called battle. So, like, if two boys are, like, having issues or something and they need to work it out, they go to battle and battle is to the death. I kind of assumed. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's another that's way awful. they die. And then, like, sometimes, like, the boys just get sick or they come over sick and they have fevers. And Jamie basically takes care of them because Peter doesn't care. Peter just wants to play. So, if you're sick, you're not fun. Like, like one of the boys. I don't understand what Peter is. I'm like, are you a demon? Like, what are you? He's just a boy who wants to stay young forever who found this island well we find out more later but i'm not going to tell you oh so he's a narcissist got it yeah pretty much everything is about peter <laughs> and like because at one point one of the boys is like super sick he probably has like pneumonia or something from the sounds of it but peter is like make him stop his coughing is annoying and i don't want to have to like see him cough up his blood Mah. like oh my god yeah and so he's just like he doesn't care so jamie ends up taking care of all these boys and he like kind of becomes attached to them he buries them when he they die all these things and so that makes and, me sad yeah like it's very yeah like you feel really bad for jamie because it's been a long time and he's slowly starting to get like resentful of peter throughout this part like he's just like annoyed and so peter ends up taking bringing over the youngest one they've ever brought he brings over like a five-year-old but because he's five he doesn't like he can't keep up with the bigger boys like he's no fun like peter thought it was going to be like a fun little play thing but he's not and so he's basically kind of trying to find ways to like kill this kid off but jamie was like no like you brought over a five-year-old either let me take him back but nobody leaves no one can leave the island. Like once you're here, you have to stay. That's Peter's rule. It's we don't know. So it's not an island rule, though. Yeah, That's a we don't know. Rule. We don't know. Nobody has ever actually like actively gone back. Like we don't know what would happen to them if they were to go back. Mm -hmm. But it's a Peter rule. Once you're here, you're here to stay. And so um, Charlie is a little five year old, and so like Jamie kind of like takes him under his wing and like starts taking care of him and stuff. But that makes Peter mad because now Jamie is paying more attention to Charlie and isn't playing with Peter anymore. And so he gets like upset with this. So like one of them, another one dies. So he goes over and he gets this kid Nip, who he thinks is like, he kind of has like a, he thinks it has like a personality of like, well, if Peter's not gonna play with me, he will. But Nip is like just a total fucking asshole, and he wants to be like the right hand man. So he thinks that he can like take out Jamie. Mm. Jamie's like, dude, no. I've been here for so long. I've never lost a fight. Like, what the hell? Like, stop it. Like, hockey new guy. Yeah, and so Peter decides he wants to go on a raid, um, but Jamie's like, okay, like half of these boys, two-thirds of these boys have never been on a raid. They've been here within like the last like six months, basically. Like they have been like burning through boys at this point. And he's like, they don't know how to fight. Like this is stupid. Like if we go there, we're going to lose them. And so he like tries to talk Peter out of it. And Peter was like, no, fine. Like if we're going to do that, I want to do this other thing which is like equally stupid and dangerous. And so Jamie's finally like, fine, like we'll, we'll do it. We'll take them over, but whatever. 
And so when they're going, they're also these monsters called the many-eyed, which just have a lot of eyes and teeth and they're really creepy sounding. Um, And like Peter Law says, you can never kill one of the many-eyed. You also like aren't supposed to like kill the pirates or fight the pirates except for in raids. I have a yes. lot of questions about weird Peter laws, but yeah, continue. like yeah, it's just like, <laughs> and it's just Peter made these all up because he was there first. Peter's just a dick. I think Peter sounds like he's just been stuck on this island for so long he's lost his humanity. He's a twelve-year-old boy who's been stuck on this island to do whatever the hell he wants for far too long, and he has zero idea of what like human compassion looks like. Yeah, and so like it used to be that Jamie would always go over with Peter to pick up the boys. But when he mm. brought Charlie and Nip, like Peter went just by himself. And so. Those were uh, twins, right? No, Fog and Nod are the twins. They've been there for a oh, super long time. Right. So like Charlie and Nip are like the two most recent. Right. And so right. they're going to go on this raid. And then Peter and like Nip or Jamie and Nip had kind of had this like little fight or whatever. So Nip has a bunch of like broken bones because Peter basically beat the shit out of him. Um, which was deserving. Or Jamie beat the shit out of Nip. I think I said that wrong uh peter doesn't fight like he doesn't do battle so he fights the captain and that's it he doesn't do battle he doesn't like he like that's about right back when like um it was just him and jamie they would do like play battle like they would like like it wasn't to the death it was just like scrimmagey stuff he would do that but since the other boys have started coming like peter is the judge so he doesn't fight um but so when they're on their way to the ray they have to stop this like bear cave or whatever it's like a part way in the middle of the stop and one of the many eyed shows up and they've never come this far before ever and so it's super weird and jamie ends up killing it because like it's that or he lets this many eyed go kill all the boys like that's right. how powerful and even like and it's like a juvenile many eyed it's not even an adult but he he's like a choice though i get it yeah and like it could easily lead them all back to the tree they yeah. live in all these things and so then peter friendly shows up and he's like oh my gosh what were you doing you're not supposed to do that we have a treaty and he's like jamie's like what the fuck you mean a treaty and peter's like nothing i just you're not supposed to do it and so like that kind of is like what kicks off all of these things because then they have to make a plan and they're like okay well maybe we can trick yeah. the many eyed into thinking it was the pirates and so like peter goes over and like is supposed to like bring the pirates over and he like makes a way worse than he normally than he should and basically because of this like four boys die like another four boy and like people all just start dying but as this is happening jamie is realizing that he's like oh i think i got like a little bit taller like throughout the like because i'm not trying to give like too much away like a lot of this happens in like the first third of the book oh Um, wow damn yeah and it's not it's also like like a pretty it's a pretty short book like it's not like my library book is bigger but when i saw it like in the bookstore because i almost bought it it's a very small book like it it's not that big of a book but a lot does happen Hmm. yeah so like peter or not peter Jamie is like, oh, that's weird. Like, I feel like I'm getting taller. He's like, not much taller. Like, maybe like a thumb width, like a t- thumb taller. He's like, but Peter and I used to be like eye to eye, and like now I'm a little bit taller than him. Like, that's kind of weird. And so, what I think it is, like, what I deduced early on, what I my theory early on, and I'm not going to tell you if I was right or not, is that because he has been the like the quote unquote sort of father figure taking care of these boys, he's being a more of a grown up right like he's doing these tasks like he's the reason like he teaches the boys how to fight he teaches them how to make food he teaches them like they like make all their own clothing like they'll come over with whatever they were wearing but eventually like they need new clothes so like 
he teaches them like how to skin the animals and like use their hide and like oh you got this cut like he knows like what leaves to put on that so you don't get an infection and he like knows this whole thing to like help you like with your fever and stuff like that like he knows how to do all this stuff so I think it's like oh well he's kind of do this so it makes sense that like that he, maybe he's like he was 11, 12. Now he's like 12, 13 kind That's of a thing. I was thinking too, like the way you were describing it, I was just like, well, maybe it has to do with just like the way his character has grown. Like he seems to have a much more like a much better understanding of like what these boys are going through and like how to care for them where Peter's just like very selfish, like a very classic 12 year old boy. And like, there's no emotional growth there where mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like Jamie kind of like matured because he felt like he had to care for these other people. Yeah, exactly. And like, he doesn't necessarily want to play all the time because he has all these especially with charlie there like he has to take care of the five girls because he's like well peter's gonna try to kill charlie so like i need to take care of him and peter wants to go do so like i think after like those four boys die peter wants to go get more and jamie's like no like we can't have like this is dumb like we can't go that's like and peter yeah and peter is like fine like if you only play with me and you promise to play with me from now on every single day i won't go get more boys and jamie's like yeah okay deal so jamie like but like peter doesn't know jamie peter will be like oh my god let's go to the mermaid lagoon and peter jamie's like yeah all right and peter doesn't realize like jamie doesn't want to fucking go play with the mermaids again he doesn't even have the like freaking like emotional capacity to understand that his friend is like not enthused by this idea like he can't fathom that he wouldn't be and so he's not paying attention yeah but he keeps his promise peter doesn't go get like more boys because jamie's playing with him just like it used to be but it's jamie's like the entire time he is like paranoid he's like what if peter like tried to convince nip or somebody to like kill charlie in my absence so he's like constantly worried about all these things and like he's like sleeping with like one eye opened and like all these things are going on so scary i would totally read this book i'm very interested i always think it's interesting to see like the backstories of villains although then you have empathy for them and then i don't like them as much as a villain and that upsets me a little bit because it kind Mm. of ruins the whole balance situation but I think it's good to know the whole picture. Yeah. I loved it. I never liked Peter Pan. Like the original Peter Pan, I hated it. I thought Peter was stupid and I hated I him. I loved so, Peter Pan. I watched it so much. So th- I think this actually also like really spoke to me in that way. That like seeing like why, how like, obviously I'm not going to tell you guys what happened to Jamie that made him into Captain Hook. But like knowing what he went through and like how it happened and like what peter did to him like that officially turned him into captain hook because that's the other thing right like we know he loses a hand so as i'm reading it and like as the book is going on i'm like oh is this gonna be the time where he loses his hand is this, is this is the this fight it? is this a- oh dang it and like so i'm just like waiting like oh my gosh and like how it happened i did not see coming i hope like, he still loses it to an alligator just like he does um in the movie like the original movie like you don't have to tell us but yeah, i'm not gonna I say hope, either way i hope the alligator is still involved i'm sure peter has a much more central role in said alligator if that is a factor but i hope for an alligator <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah honestly this one like five out of five i love how she did it was a quick read like it got like it was one of those ones where you kind of start reading it and then you're hooked and you're like you have to know what happens next like I'd go to bed and I was like, okay, I can't wait till my lunch break to read it. Cause like, I need to know like what the heck What's is going to go on. Like, 
that was super super good she's written a couple of these apparently like this is like a genre that she writes I don't know if she writes things that are outside of this but she wrote like an Alice and a Red Queen and there was another one that I was gonna read that's um like a Little Red Riding Hood one that's like a dystopian future kind of a thing um but this one I don't know like once I read it I was like that's like the back of it I was like that's the one like there was nothing else like I tried a couple other ones I was like I'll start these it'll be a better story because the book is so short but I, I couldn't like once I knew I was like I had to do it and it was right it was super good it was really well done um like I said like I didn't actually see like some of the endings and like some of the things that happen because like the ways that she would do it like you know the story of Peter Pan but like but you don't know how that's going to progress like obviously we know what the end point is you know however yeah. many years from now but Mm-hmm. and like and just because like I know what it is like now on from like Peter Pan and Wendy's like does that necessarily mean that all these characters and how this happened did it happen here with Jamie or did it happen in the in-between time from like once he turned into Captain Hook so like then like something would happen hey. and I'm like what dude that it, that happened that would that makes so much more sense so definitely recommend five out of five I love it yeah and it I agree amazing Peter lies so team jamie not team. i mean peter. like i said this doesn't shock me like i've always felt like peter pan was like a little bit suspicious but also i loved it anyway because you know <laughs> who doesn't want to think that there's like a magical land where you don't age like mm-hmm. i always wanted to go to the mermaid lagoon that was my thing yeah I was like, be in that mermaid lagoon right now yeah and even like in this one like it sounds fun like the mermaids like um, like they can also like i think jamie explained it like yeah like they'll like kind of look out for like the ones who can't swim because some of the kids boys can't swim when they come over he's like but at the same time mermaids are gonna do whatever the hell they want and so like yeah they might just watch you drown and laugh depending on their mood and i was like oh i want to meet a mermaid that sounds so cool you know so I love it well speaking of mermaids was talking about my book Ooh, so segue <laughs> i know right like i literally didn't plan that but my brain just like thought of it right after i said it it's great <laughs> um so i did part of your world which is by liz braswell i think i said that right um it says it's a twisted tale so it's basically like if at the end of little mermaid like the original one the one we all know from the 90s and love mm-hmm. uh my favorite princess always i watched that movie so many times i can't even um but basically, it's like, what if Ariel never defeated Ursula? Oh, so, yes. Let's get into it. I love it. <laughs> okay, it is fresh. I like finished the book. I like closed the book, and I pulled out my notepad and I just like wrote down some notes. So let's see what we got. Yeah, good. I love it. Okay, so basically, at the end of the movie, what would have happened in this little retelling is that Ursula still has Ariel's voice, right? Mm-hmm. She kills King Triton. Um, she obviously like puts some sort of curse or charm over Eric because he gets that weird look in his eye. Remember, he gets his eye gets all oh. weird when he hears her sing mm-hmm. because she has Ariel's voice. So he basically thinks like she's perfect or whatever. But he's essentially under a spell. Like he he essentially describes it as like being in a fog. Like he doesn't really know what's happening. So at the end of the movie, like they get married, right? So. At this point, the book starts off like five years down the line. So Eric has been in this like first fog. Ariel has no voice. She has, she's back at Atlantica, but her sisters, because she's the youngest of like 12, right? Mm -hmm. Like 12 mermaids. And they've punished her with being the queen, but Ariel can't even speak, right? That's right. How does she give speeches? 
Ariel ends up having to learn or create this like ancient mermaid sign language <laughs> in order to communicate with her subjects. And like, I'm going to, I'm just going to say though, like my mom would have absolutely loved that about this book that yeah. they like put in the time to talk about like a mermaid sign language that Ariel had to learn in order to communicate with her subjects. So like literally at the beginning of like them like explaining that like you know ariel is the queen of the sea and so she's in charge of all of the mers of atlantica and so like she'll give speeches but she'll have like dolphins stationed around her and they will be like communicating what she's signing because only like some people in her court even bothered to learn how to that's do what i was just language. thinking so like she made it up basically learned it or like maybe it was already ancient. I think it's kind it. of a combination where like people didn't really know it or use and then it had actively. To teach it to somebody else, like get somebody else to understand yes. it. Apparently dolphins understand it, which is cool. Is it all dolphins? Just those dolphins? I don't I know, don't but I love all it. All dolphins. I think it's a, um, other fish. It's basically, she says like things like dolphins and a few other fish in her court. Okay. So like the super smart ones. Dolphins basically are super smart, the people who have to interact with her on the regular bother to learn it but like not even all of her sisters do like it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. well did you say that her. they punished her by making her queen so that yeah exactly okay. i mean yeah so if at the end of the movie ariel returned to atlantica right and king triton's dead i'd be pretty pissed at my sister too that like this entire thing basically transpired because she decided to make a deal with a sea witch yeah but i feel like i would maybe i would just like cast her out and i could be queen I don't know. I just think they don't want to. So like, that's one of the things is so like Ariel says at one point during this book, like it's not really linear at this point, but like basically mermaids are lazy. Like there's not a lot Uh, of culture development. They don't spend any time interacting with other like mer cultures going on under underwater other than at Atlantica. She says that like literally no one has any ambition to know or learn anything. Oh, that makes sense. So mermaids, considering how ancient they are, is basically stagnant essentially and like that's why ariel's so bored and like i really appreciate that like i got a lot more like context um i feel like it really like filled the movie out for me ariel was literally my favorite mermaid (laughs) disney princess situation growing up i watched this movie literally a million times i can't even describe how many i would just like sing the music i just i can't so it was my number two so i feel it so basically that's why ariel was bored in the first place right so she's now stuck in atlantica running it out of guilt (laughs) which sucks um so scuttle is still alive even though it's five years later and he's a seagull but he's incredibly incredibly old and he has a great grand seagull (laughs) or great grand goal jonah i think her name is um and so him and like this great grand goal are like flying around or whatever and i don't even know exactly why probably so the story can happen and they end up landing at the castle and he's like telling her old stories i'm guessing like it gives me like vibes of like your grandpa just like walking you around to like tell you something from his childhood you know what i mean like like the the little grand goals like yeah okay whatever grandpa whatever. sure grandpa yeah <laughs> that's cool <laughs> and um so he lands at the castle and he's like talking to her and then he sees vanessa who is who ursula is um queen or princess vanessa and uh he sees vanessa and she starts talking to something like in her hand like in a jar and the way she's talking to it he's like wait a minute i'm pretty sure that's king triton I'm fairly certain she just called him king. And like, so essentially, Eric has been like 
making operas like that's what eric does now because he's the mad prince so he like <laughs> made an opera which vanessa went to attend that night and it's essentially the entire real end of the uh little mermaid so he tells the entire town the truth you know she's an evil sea witch who's taken over everything and she's cursed me and so i don't know i can't speak but he only thinks he's it's a dream he doesn't realize oh, it's real because she yeah. has a curse on the people who saw what actually happened right and because he's under this spell it's all a fog he doesn't actually remember i mean he knows he remembers ariel kind of but like like it was a dream you know what i mean like it didn't actually happen and so when um sees Vanessa bragging to the king essentially about having got away with all of this because you know the story has to happen um mm-hmm. oh I mean drunk. and also listen I feel like she would I feel like she would regularly rub it in King Titan's face like right re- like like yeah. she can't just say it like the one time and he happens to catch it like she's gonna do this like every fortnight or something like yeah so she sure was basically knows. like whipping him out for like the daily rubbing it in that she's won and um so scuttle sees this whole thing and he was like oh my god i gotta tell ariel like i gotta find somebody so he like goes out to see well i think he sends his great grand goal and so like he's old correct exactly (laughs) so like his great grand goal does a lot of the legwork for pretty much all this like she's a bigger part of the story than scuttle is like scuttle just like kind of appears every now and then Hmm. um which I think is actually kind of fun. Like, I was like, that's actually accurate. Like, it's yeah. five years later. He's a seagull. Like, of course he would be old. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's good. I like how they did that. Yeah, so the seagull gives a message to a fish who gives it to a dolphin who gives it to a whatever who basically tells Ariel that, <laughs> like, your dad's alive. Let's, let's do some shit now. Um, so Ariel's like, well, this was my problem. Like, I don't want to send an entire, um, like, army of people to go get murdered by Ursula because she had tried a couple of times, like, after the whole wedding went down to, to reapproach the ocean, like, the castle, like, Eric's castle to try to fix things. And Ursula had started stationing officers or soldiers or whatever in the water, like, thigh deep in the water. I'm sure as a human, they were just like, what the hell? Why do we stand in the water? Sand in my boots. My pants are always wet. I'm cold. Scope to look for ships. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I can just imagine like the humans, but I'm assuming she does some some sort of magic. But the big the big catch though is that Ursula is now on land and she's a sea witch. But she can't actually perform any magic in this body. So she's like trying to find alternate ways to have magic, right? She's trying to find like, they call it dry land. So like the dry land magic. So she's like trying to tap into that. So like this whole time, Ursula with Eric doing his little mad print stuff and Ariel moping at the bottom of the sea while she signs to constituents is like trying to take over land. Like she's a sea witch who has no power but all she does have is like her ability to be nasty basically and so she starts just like deciding to encroach on like neighboring territories and towns and like if they say no we don't want to be part of Terulia, i'm just going to burn you down um she like orders the admiral of their fleets to start um like assembling warships that she was going to take over all of the coasts she's trying to like have alliances with another uh like larger like overarching city and this city is like why would we bother to do that so she's basically like failing at these alliances but she's trying really hard to make some things happen mm-hmm. because ursula is evil yeah and that's what ursula is gonna do <laughs> so once ariel finds out that her father is potentially still alive she's like well obviously i have to go do that right so she decides to go out um 
back to land again and you know real easy with a little trident she just turns herself into a human boom done because her dad could have done that at the beginning of the first movie and stopped all this in the first place yeah but he's a man Man, he's ancient too, and so he doesn't understand, and he hates all the breathers. So that's true. Yeah, he's old, and he's very old. He's basically a god, like set in his ways. Again, so it's it's. I understand why he did it. I'm just saying he could have prevented this whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's all his fault. Um, exactly. So Ariel decides to go back to land. She turns herself into a person. Sebastian (laughs) is still alive, and he takes over, um, like running Atlantica basically while she's gone. So she lets her sisters know, like, this is where she's going. This is what she's doing. So like, people know she's gone. Um, she like she has like a an outfit from when she was there the first time, right? And she was she was like had it in a bag in the bottom of the seat this whole time. So she brings it with her. So she ends up like. I don't think that it would like disintegrate or something like seawater, a dress. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, either way, yeah, she yeah, ends anyway. up wearing it. So she like <laughs> brings it up to the surface with her so that she's like prepared this time. She like sneaks into the castle because it's right on the water. Like I could picture it in my brain, like what it looked like in the movie, you know, like it's literally on the ocean. Um, so she ends up sneaking into the castle because at this point it's five years later, right? Like there's not as much um, like guarding going on. Yeah. The beach people posted but it's not like it was where there were like literally dozens of guards just lined up in the ocean um so she's able to kind of get herself into the castle somebody recognizes her actually one of the maids that had helped her in the first movie who had like given her a bath and stuff carlotta so she she doesn't remember the things that transpired on the wedding day exactly like because she's under that curse right but she remembers ariel like she knows who she is like she met her and so she basically was just like you're back to help right <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna fix shit right and she's like yes um i mean she can't speak but she like nods um so carlotta helps her essentially be able to kind of search the castle because Ariel's not really able to communicate with her, like, the actual purpose here, like, finding her father, like, the whole shebang. Um, it's not like she knows mermaid sign language. <laughs> Sounds so wild. Crazy. Just um, so she just helps Ariel make sure that she blends in. She, like, covers her hair because I guess, like, having red hair is not common in this area. Like, and they're already fighting with the North and red-haired people are from the North. So, like, it's a com- like a combo issue where, like, they know that there's a red-haired lady who is, like, an enemy of the state and they don't like northerners um right so ariel starts kind of looking around trying to find it and she starts like rummaging through ursula's room one day when she's not there but then ursula like shows up of course um i guess ursula is like known for taking these like super long luxurious baths and poor this poor girl so ursula has like a little maid verite i believe her name was and this poor girl like literally sees Ursula Ursula take her baths and Ursula does like these saltwater baths and when she does that like sometimes a tentacle will like sneak Ooh, out creepy. like this girl has seen some stuff like she knows there's something not right here and like they'll describe moments of like Ursula basically like abusing this poor little maid child like she likes to stroke her hair like she did with um, those eels of hers that she turned into people so that they can be her footmen um yeah that's cool um, so like this poor little girl has seen some stuff. So Ariel, Ariel is in the uh, Ursula suite while Ursula Vanessa is taking a bath. And this little girl makes eye contact with Ariel. And Ariel's like, oh my God, please don't say anything. Because she's like basically like flattened herself to the floor and is like hoping no one sees her. Um, 
I was like, wow, good job. Nice work. Um, but Ursula takes off the necklace she's wearing, which is that Nautilus that she was always wearing that has Ariel's voice in it. So Ariel steals that, smashes that, gets her voice back. Like it lifts some of the, some of the fog for Eric, like Eric's brain kind of clears and he's like able to kind of see a little bit more clearly. I don't know exactly why, um, what's going to happen? Basically. <laughs> so the, so Eric, Eric at this point, like understands that he's been under some sort of spell like Vanessa is not who she says she is and I think to some degree like he hasn't seen Ariel yet but to some degree he seems to be aware that she's around um they talk about basically it being like a true love thing you know like he knows where she is um right but like Ariel has also already talked with like his maid and his maid had talked to his foot men slash best friend butler person grimsby grimsby is still around and alive i remember him from the movie but he's like super old um so they all start kind of helping ariel to look for king triton because that's that's really what she needs at this point like yeah sure like she would love to reconnect with eric but like that's not really the deal here like she needs king triton back for for the sea um so they, they come up with a plan to kind of reveal Ursula to the town and um they come up with very naive plans because five years later they're what 22 <laughs> like yeah they're still children basically so um Ursula of course still has some tricks up her sleeve still has some plans and like there's a big question of like why did she keep King Triton alive but she's not willing to use him as a bargaining chip when she's threatening Ariel to essentially leave the castle right like why is she not She's just not using him the way you would expect her to use him, right? Like, she's got this really big thing up her sleeve, and they're like, okay, so what? what is the point? Like, what is she trying to do? Um, she is, like, you know, building warships and that kind of thing, and they think it's to take over the coast, but really, Ursula just wants to destroy Atlantica, which has been her entire ways. So I don't really want to give away, like, kind of how all of this sums up. Um, I feel like a lot but also not a lot happens in the almost 500 pages that occurred <laughs> um it, it's essentially just like like the last like 20 minutes 15 minutes of the movie where it's like she discovers that it's ursula and then she takes the necklace back and then gets her father back but stretched out and into an entire book i'm not saying that's a bad thing but that's basically like what my brain kept thinking because you know at the end of the movie she finds a necklace they get the necklace they get king Triton back and everything's good it's basically like if that was stretched out into another season. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. Some of the things that I really liked and I thought was really cool is that like I got to learn a lot more about like how the Mer culture was, which I know is like silly, but like it kind of gave a better picture of like what Ariel was experiencing in the movie and like why the character development that happened in this book was important. Um, like they both really did grow up a lot. Like she had to be clean. She had to live with consequences. You know what I mean? She had to make a plan. She had to do all, all sorts of fun, fun stuff. Um, I really like that. Um, singing and like that kind of stuff. It's not just that it's a musical cause it's Disney. It's because it's literally their culture. And that's not surprising to me at all from somebody who says that they have like a lazy culture, like their biggest sin is like complacency. <laughs> like, <laughs> but this doesn't surprise me at all. Like Ariel has this like super badass, like what, if it was a movie, it would have been one of her like princess solos. You know what I mean? Like one of those mm -hmm. like empowering princess solos, like let it go. But when it's described in text, it's so lame. She's just, like, 
she just like she went onto the balcony and then there was sea spraying behind her and then she sang this epic ballad about how she was upset about this and this and this and this and i was like um i'd like to hear this like please yeah like it it doesn't land in a book but (laughs) something and like her and eric have like a super cute like duet moment where he like he like can't remember the end of part of your world like the song right and um he hadn't put it in his opera because he could not remember that just that very last part because she had sung it to him when she had saved him that first time when his boat had gotten like shipwrecked in the first in the movie and so um they like have a really cute moment where they like first reconnected and they like sing this song but they like decide not to kiss or anything because like they've got much more important things to do yep. like it's just it's very <laughs> it's really cute and I think it was like a really good like if it had ended that way this is exactly how I would have wanted the next one to go mm-hmm. I mean it obviously didn't end that way so like it's fine it was unnecessary yeah. technically but I thought it was a really fun <laughs> it was just really cute and I like the way that they like still integrated Sebastian and Scuttle so not upset about it at all like I would give this like a four and a half out of five only because it was obviously going to end that way but I didn't necessarily see how the ride was going to go I mean, obviously Ariel's going to win. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, I feel like the author has like more, uh, like there are more in that series of like. I'm pretty sure she does more of the Twisted Tales. Yeah, I think it's like a whole little thing. Because I think I was looking when I was trying to decide on mine, there was like um, a Princess Jasmine one that I was interested in. Oh, that looks good too. Yeah. So it's all the same lady. I think she does like a whole series of them. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to check out one of those ones. Maybe like the next time we do this topic or something, we can do another one of those, see if it still kind of stands up. So yes. Um, next topic, uh, just come back and we're going to surprise you. I mean, we know what it is, but I don't know how to explain it yet. And so come back. It's going to be super great. Super excited for it. Also, June has our minis. So that'll be exciting. there'll be a whole bunch of episodes next month super awesome let's see socials it's in a pasture bedtime on instagram and iipyb underscore pod at twitter on twitter where's at twitter on twitter <laughs> i don't know um you can also check out our website to see what we've talked about in the past check out what's in the archive and what's coming up next at isn't it past bedtime.com uh rate review subscribe all that fun stuff tell your friends we super appreciate it uh we will talk at all of y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.